mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time for the baseball podcast with Bally MLB senior writer David Brown. David, how are you? Hi, Andy. I'm going to lie and say I feel great. No, I'm doing fine. Good. Good to hear. Just under the weather a little bit, but I'm going to push through and you're going to feel the energy. Yeah. Are you day-to-day? Yeah. I mean, aren't we all? But yes. Yeah. Um, You should have the Cubs trainers look at you. They will tell you you're fine. (laughs) Right. You're day-to-day. You'll be day-to-day for about 58 days. Then they'll put you on the 60-day DL for two days. And then when that... When they said Dansby Swanson, oh, it's just a just a bruised heel. He, he he probably won't miss any time. It's like all right, he's going to go on the injury list, and he's not going to be ready when the injury list expires, and that's exactly what happened. So, and somehow it will make his wife injured. That's right. Maybe it was uh, sympathy pains. Right. Is one heel equal an ACL? Probably not. So the. Uh, we all survived the uh, the All-Star game where they made the National League dress like mailmen. <laughs> yeah. And they won. Who knew? The secret to breaking the American League winning streak for the National League was just to have everybody wear some sensible slacks. In the house of Ichiro. Ichiro, which I, who I think is the only reason the American League ever turned around the, the longtime National League streak of winning the all-star game just because of his wonderful pregame speeches. Right, his, by, his profane rants yes. before every all-star game, which somebody had to have recorded one of them, right? Can they leak one? I know right. his teammates love them. It was the highlight of all-star week after a while. I was waiting to hear each row swear in English. <laughs> I kind of wondered if maybe, you know, Pat Hughes goes into the Hall of Fame this weekend, and I kind of wondered if maybe the slacks were uh, just a tribute to Pat. Right. He, they, I'm sure they, they made him feel very comfortable if he, if he was watching. Bad sweaters and, and dockers. It was a nice look. I, really, I hope it's just something that they'll get out of their system. I mean, I don't, I don't need to see the, them dressed in their regular uniforms, but I, I definitely prefer it. I think you know, they already sell the batting practice jerseys. I mean, they right. can. Why do you need to? You don't need to sell every damn jersey. Well, and who's buying them? I mean, you do see people once in a while. I mean, but it, not a big wide demographic. I mean, it seems they have it opposite now because the uh, and maybe it made it worse. So they have the home run derby, and the guys are wearing their 
They're all wearing their whites. And it looked so nice. Yeah. And then the next night, it was a, everybody dressed up like a, in the Nike-inspired clown show. One of the nice things, I kind of already said this in a different way, but one of the nice things that's always, that has always been the case about the All-Star Game is the nice aesthetic of seeing everybody in their own jerseys. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, there were guys on both teams that I had to figure out who they were. Oh yeah. That I would there was a Marlin who was in the game and I'm like, I don't know who this is until he finally turned and I could see the Marlin logo, which even that was hard to read because it's not like they had the logo, it was like shaded to match the jersey. But I'm like, Oh, that's a yeah. Marlin. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Like I watch baseball every night and I have no idea who this guy is. This is a great way to sell your all stars. Make them completely anonymous. But I did, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Craig Kimbrell because even though he completely blew one cup season, he, um, he was pretty good at another one. I really wanted to see him blow that save because I wanted to see the gimmicky home run derby to, if, if instead of, in lieu of extra yeah. innings. Yeah. Only baseball will come up with something really cool and then it'll just never happen. Like they'll just tease us with it for like 10 years. They'll never, and then they'll be, you know what, we're not going to do it. And that game will go like 18 innings. Well, speaking of that, I was going to save this for the end, but we're, it's, it's a natural segue. Um, apparently, Harold Reynolds taunted Ken Griffey Jr. about Pete Alonso going for a, th- a record-tying third home run derby championship. And Jr. said, give me a year and I could take him down. Give me a year. He wanted, to get a, in shape, he wanted a year to get in shape, and he'd be, and he would be able to take down uh, Pete Alonso in a home run derby. And uh, so then later, I guess he he walks by the MLB Network set, and Albert Pujols is on it, and Albert asks Junior if he's going to take a few swings in the derby, and Albert says, "Why well, will if you will?" And Pujols is like, "All right." And so that has somehow morphed its way into an actual idea that next year part of the all-star festivities would could be a legends home run derby and the four guys who already said they would do it according to jason stark are king griffey jr albert pools jim tomey and david ortiz and uh the all-star game next year is texas in texas so they gotta find uh Juan Gonzalez. Or yeah, Ruben Sierra. <laughs> to be honest. See, that was John Greenberg tweeted about it, and then my thing my thought was I'm all for this if part of the requirement is if your all time home run leader for your franchise is still alive, you have he has to be in your home run derby. Do you uh, remember when uh Luke Appling hit that home run in the old time? That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be That'd be, oh man, it might have killed, might kill somebody that age, but that would be. uh... But see, if the the Cubs get the 2025 All-Star game, then they would have to bring back Samuel Peralta Sosa to be in the home run derby, and the Ricketts family would love that. Can you remind me, not to get off on a tangent, why don't they like him again? 
Nobody knows. They weren't even the owners when he when he did his uh, whatever. Nobody knows. It's one of those he knows what he did kind of things. And Sammy's like, I don't know what I did. I'm glad somebody knows because I don't know. I, I guess at the at the convention this year, it, they get asked this a lot. Cub fans are like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, there's a whole generation of Cub fans that are Cub fans because of Sammy Sosa. Right, and they're like the they're like the generation of cover. They're the generation just after us, who are, you know, still going to games and spending money, and they should be the ones that Rickett should be really kissing their ass. And um, so he gets asked a lot of questions. He alluded this time to the fact that it was this is was rich. Sammy used steroids. <gasps> oh, oh my God! Where's my feigning couch? Let me get over by it. I said, yeah, everybody did, Tommy get over it um and so i'm it's been my thing a long time ago it this is a crisis of the ricketts own making because you could just do the bare minimum with sammy you know bring him back invite him to a convention every few years have him throw out a first pitch every few years and that's it and no one would question you about it then because he'd still be around but if you make this martyr out of him living martyr then he's not He's weird looking now, but he's not uh, dead. He's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it worse. It looks like sometimes that he said all his blood taken out, but <laughs> he's not dead. He's storing it. Right. Casey, Casey needs it later. Him. He's got. Uh, he always keeps uh, one. Uh, he's got one big. Th- I don't know what would it be a pint. He's got a pint of blood that he keeps. Uh, wrapped up in a towel in a hotel lobby with Manny Alexander. <laughs> no, nobody steals it like the $80,000 that mysteriously disappeared. Still one of the great Cub stories of all times. <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, whoever it was who destroyed his boom box is just, you know, taking a, a bat to it and then blood because <laughs> blood being stored in the boom box? <laughs> that would have been a twist. It would have been the uh, so the the Legends Home Run Derby is one of those th- ideas that sounds really cool. I think until you see it, until right. they do it, and then you're like, "Oh, this is sad." <laughs> Morning track power abounds, <laughs> and like oh, so many uh, sore obliques, and we're gonna need to wheel them all. Well, you know, Griffey talked about needing a year to get in shape, but we're gonna need a, a couple hours to get the guys off the field. Yep. Well, I mean, they had to get rid of the old-timers game, right, because guys were getting right. hurt. NBA had to get rid of it because everybody's blowing out Achilles. Did they really have to? I mean, I know that people <laughs> did get hurt, but they did Did they really have to get rid no. of the old-timers game? No, they didn't. Um, I think maybe, and I don't know, it seems like one of the problems that when the guys you know, used to pay the old-timers, when like, you know, guys are retiring with like $150 million in the bank, they're probably less yeah. likely. you you know, you're going to end up with like Brian LaHare would be all for playing in the all in the old timers game. He'd show right. up. Right. I was an all star. Yeah, we know Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's an all. Yeah. Someday there's going to there'd be an all time an old timers game, and there, there's going to be like three owners <laughs> playing in the game. Yep. So. so Stark's idea for the format was because you can't obviously. They should make him do it the way that the current derby is, where they have to try to swing like 80 times in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but he was basically saying they should go to the old, the the home run derby, uh, the original format, back when it was, you know, it was nine innings and 
after you hit three balls that weren't homers, you were out, and then the next guy came yeah. up to bat. But Stark yeah. even thought they that's too much for those guys. So you would divide into teams and alternate innings. So nobody – so even like – he was saying like four guys on a team, which seemed a little excessive. I think you could probably go two-man teams and somehow get through it. But then – so like Griffey bats in the first and Pujols bats in the second and Griffey bats in the third and against two other guys, and you see what you get. Uh, I don't know. I hope they, they better use the – I hope they got a box of 2019 baseballs. They can throw yeah, really. those guys because they're going to need some help. I like the idea, and, you know, after we do it once and it kind of fails and we're all sad, yeah. what about, like, combining the uh, the celebrity softball game and, and make that an old-timers game? I think maybe that is a long-term answer. It would be funny to see David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez – doing that i mean i i'd watch that yeah. and i think people would you know there wouldn't be too many injuries and it, it could be sustainable and it's more interesting than seeing people from vanderpump rules or whatever so more interesting to me anyway uh another idea that stark had that i actually really liked was the you know they have the um Rob Manfred can put, like, a legend on an all-star team. He did it last year with Pujols and Miguel yeah. Cabrera. And this was in response to um, to Ellie De La Cruz showing up and, like, you know, lighting baseball on fire for a month. Why couldn't you have a rising star on each team, too? And so you take right. one of the best prospects, even if it's a guy who hasn't broken in yet, and they get put on one of the all-star rosters so people can see, um, you know, some of the – but, but I don't think that's a good idea. But I, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just not bury the futures game? Yeah, I mean they burned it off in the middle of the day on a Saturday with a bunch of other games going on on Peacock, and it was only a seven inning game. Right. It's like, what do you, what are we doing? Why what what are we doing? Why do we bother to do this at all if that's what we're going to do? Well, they want to put the draft. I mean, they, they yeah. the draft. Yep, it's because of the draft, which. I can't imagine the draft gets more attention because it's All-Star Week. I mean, maybe a little, but I don't know if it gets enough attention that it makes it all worth it. No. I think, you know, I read a, I wouldn't say stories, but I read a few headlines about how yeah, this is not, you know, the front offices would much rather have it in June. Yeah. And not during the All-Star game. And um, so. Yeah, because now it's, they backed it up like three weeks, and so now it runs into your trade deadline prep. You sure? You know, your, right. Half your, you know, baseball operations staff is fixated only on the draft, and then they have to, you know, the very next day you got them, you know, scouting the miners to see if there's somebody you, you know, going to trade for. So it's well, that's probably the next group of overworked, underpaid people in baseball who need a union. So. They're not thinking of them. They never do. So speaking of the trade deadline, it is it is looming out there in the distance. It is, uh, it's August 1st this year. So not July 31st. It's August 1st. Right. And it's interesting because there are there's teams that are like really good 
that I think expected to be good, but maybe not really good. And there are teams that thought they were going to be really good, and they're bad. And uh, it's, so it's not it's not all the usual suspects doing the buying and the selling. Um, my the team that intrigues me because they have they've erased all of the Rays once formidable lead and um, are tied for first now are the Baltimore Orioles who have all that talent all that young talent in the majors and more young talent in the minors and their payroll is 61 million dollars so if there's ever a team that could basically you know buy a player because they can just absorb all the salary it's them but do they have any will to actually do that well i don't know it's um i kind of have to get this out of the way when this subject comes up every time with the orioles and the reds are kind of like that too they're not as uh, as good of a team but they have a similar type situation you know it would have been what would have been nice is if they had spent a couple bucks on free agency before the season started yep and then they wouldn't have to trade you know they, they've had years and years of not paying you know they've uh, accumulated wealth they've had years and years of not paying anybody and they would have both I mean they would have they would be in an unbelievable situation if they had bought you know in addition to the to Kyle Gibson who nice man but um you know if they had paid for an actual if they had uh, you know nathan evaldi or something like that even not even like Degrom, but if these teams had had paid for some free agents like they should do and you know i mean that like ethically morally uh, competitively whatever however you want to put it They'd be in an un- they'd be in a, in a ridiculous, unbelievable situation, and they would you know they be they wouldn't be faced with uh, hard choices or whatever. It'd be it'd be much easier for them to compete. And the Orioles could have like really, I mean, they might win the World Series anyway, but they really would be in a good position if they'd spent a little money, not even a lot. You mentioned what their payroll is, sixty one million. You know, if they spent eighty million or ninety million, like a normal organization um, but I know they, they've had uh, the kids of Peter Angelos fighting over things and maybe that's just not possible but um, so I mean but to answer your question like what are they going to do what should they do you know they they have they do have so many prospects that you know they, they should uh, they should pick the right ones and make a couple trades it was uh, you know they can't you can't have 12 third basemen you know they have Lots of good prospects there, and already on the team, and shortstop, and pitchers. I mean, they need they, they could use some pitchers. So, I, I would expect them to to do a couple of fairly major deals as we speak. They just traded for uh, Shintaro Fujiyama from uh, did I get his last name right? Shintaro. I know Shintaro. That's the hard part uh, from the A's, and I hope that's not an indication of the kind of deal that they're going to do. Kind of these. Look how clever we are. We're going to take this guy. And who, with an eight ERA and turn him into something good for this year. I don't even. I don't. I don't know if they like have long term plans for him. I think he's a free agent after the year. I think the A's signed him with the caveat that he would be a free agent after the season. So 
I think it's a short term, potentially a very very short term acquisition. But yeah, I kind of went on and on there. No, it's good. If it, and the other thing with the, if you're the Orioles, you play in the toughest division in baseball, right? And there's no guarantee that next year or the year after you're going to be in first place at the trade deadline. You know, no, this may. I mean, be, the Yankees are in last place, yeah. and they're you know they, they're not they're they're not really a, a great team, but they're. You, you I mean you can be in last place and kind of out of it in the AL East, and uh, you know. There, there, yeah, there's if a few things go wrong next year, the Orioles could be 500. Like no matter what, you know that's how baseball works. But so when you get your shot, you need to take your shot. Yeah, yeah. There is no oh, it's a year too early stuff. So no, and they have and the and you know going back to like you said their depth, they have enough depth that you know I don't think they're risking anything huge. By trading some of it, you know, it's no. uh, make it work for you. I mean, they've got all those guys in the big in the big leagues. They've got other guys in the minors. They and they and they have the the number one prospect in baseball, Jackson Holiday. Yeah, who I think they should trade to the Cubs for <laughs> uh, Michael Fulmer and Julian Merriweather. I think uh, you know if that happened, I'm going to give you credit for it. And how about this? I'll throw in Nick Madrigal. Three for one. Three guys right. for one Jackson Holiday. But that eh, probably won't be them. So another team that has me interested, uh, just because they're, uh, well, he's not general manager, the president of whatever, uh, gave a detailed explanation about um, what they're going to try to do at the deadline is the the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Your guys. My, my favorite team. And... He, he came right out and said, players will be traded. That's what he said. But he, as he was explaining what their needs were, everybody knows what their needs are. They, their pitching is terrible. They're going to go find some pitching. And here are the guys they're going to trade to find some pitching. Or they, they might trade. Jack Flaherty. Jordan Montgomery. And Jordan Hicks. You're going to trade your bad pitchers? for good pitchers? <laughs> right. How does how does it work? Um So the the you know, immediately people are like, well, he said we're going to trade people. I was like, "Oh, who are they going to trade Goldschmidt? They're going to trade Arenado?" Um I would argue that they should trade one of those guys because I that's the only way you're going to get what you actually need. And this whole idea, oh, we can't trade them, blah blah blah. Offense is not your problem. In fact, you've got you've got too many guys to play as it is. Yeah, you could trade one of the thirty-six-year-old, you know, corner infielders, and maybe you then because they're both still really good players with years left. So it's not a rental for whoever acquires them. You might actually get a haul. But if if your whole plan is you're going to trade Dylan Carlson, and that's the only position player you're willing to part with. Um, I mean, I, if I'm the rest of the National League Central, I'm not quaking in my boots that the Cardinals are going to fix their pitching issues. No. It, it, I, I can see where it would be really tempting, or should be, maybe, for them to, to do a complete reboot um, and, and trade Goldschmidt or Arenado 
one of them, probably Goldschmidt, I guess. Um, just because it seems like with the roster that they have, that the Cardinals, this and this was even before this year, kind of took it as far as they could go. It's they they just there's another team that wasn't really willing to go above and beyond and spend. Right. They that was a team that in the off season, you, you know, people were begging them to add some either spend or trade for pitching, you know, their time to do that kind of passed already. They were lamenting the fact that the injury that killed their season was Packy Naughton. Because with Packy, they were going to have six starters and that would allow him to give extra rest to the other guys. But it's like, I got news for you. If, if Packy Naughton takes you from first to last place, probably weren't really that close to first place right in the first place Norton, you are gonna pitch for us you're gonna take us to first place but this is also interesting so the uh the cubs are uh there's a daily referendum are they buying or are they selling oh they could win a few games and they can start buying uh they're eight games out in the central the cardinals who won five in a row are ten out <laughs> they play four games this weekend there's a pretty good chance that by the end of the weekend the Cardinals are going to be in third place and so but it's funny they of course Mosaic say they're going to sell because they trading the guys they're talking about trading isn't going to hurt their chances of contending right I just found it odd I um, you know their whole thing is we have to contend every year uh, because it's the Cardinal way blah 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 like nobody's telling you to tear it down to the studs and take six years to build it back up. But, you know, this is a chance to rebuild on the fly. It's it's kind of, they would have, they have a chance to do what the Yankees did when the Yankees traded Andrew Miller and the world as Chapman. Mm-hmm. And then we're right back in the playoffs the next year. Um, of course, maybe they look at it and they're like, look, we play in the NL Central. Yeah. We don't, we can just tinker around the edges and we could probably they could probably bring the same team back next year and well that is you know not just in the central but that is one of the inherent flaws in the letting more playoff teams in and getting everybody closer to the playoffs just by by doing that is the teams don't think that they have to you know make those huge uh, commitments to be contenders quote-unquote well, no, that's everybody's kind of in it already. I mean, that's it. That's basically the entire the Cub ethos is. We don't have to build a team that can win ninety five games. We need to build a team that can win like eighty six. Right. We get that last wild card spot, and then oh, it's a you know, that's a crapshoot. It's like well, but it's not really. You know, the best team doesn't always win the World Series, but one of the best teams always wins the World Series. Usually, it, I mean, you're not. You, you may get the. Know, you may get the 06 Cardinals that stumble in with 83 yeah. wins, somehow right. win the World Series, and then are in last place the next year. But that doesn't happen. Or I guess they weren't last, but they had a losing record then, you know, seven. You, betting on that is, you know, a waste of time. You still need to be one of the best teams in baseball to win the World Series. Yeah. If that's if that's even your goal. Um. And we, we still get the defenders that there's a couple of fans who are like, um, they're spending $220 million. So clearly, they're not cheap. 
And I always use the same analogy, which is, okay, that's great. Um, but if your team is bad, you haven't spent enough. It's basically if you, so you buy a $400,000 house, and it doesn't have a roof on it. And you won't spend the, at the last thirty grand to put a roof on the house. Right. You didn't spend enough on the house. Because now you got a house with no roof. So if you build a $220 million roster that doesn't have a first baseman, doesn't have a third baseman, it's got like one arm in the bullpen, you didn't spend enough. And it's not my fault that you did what you spent, you spent poorly. you got to keep spending then. Um, so the guy, all anybody wants to talk about is, is will the Angels trade Shohei Otani? And they just swept the Yankees, so they're feeling their oats. Yeah, but now, who isn't? Who hasn't swept the Yankees right. lately? The Cubs. Uh, the Cubs win two out of three against the Yankees. They did. Um, do you think the, the Angels will trade Shohei Otani? No. No way. I mean, from a you know an analytics like a. If it weren't for the incredible amount of bad publicity it would generate, uh, they might do it. You know, if we if these guys were if if everybody, you know, if we were just looking at spreadsheets or numbers or whatever, it would make sense to, based on well, you're probably I I still say probably not going to resign him, but the Angels as a franchise whether Artie Moreno wants to keep the team or sell it, he has to go into the off season, at least trying to keep Otani. I don't think it, I don't think for one, they're going to get enough in a deal to make it worth it. I mean, look at, I mean, I mean, they, they wouldn't, obviously they wouldn't be going for trying to contend this season if they, if they traded for Otani, but I don't think that the team that would acquire him, has enough or would be willing to part with enough to make it worth it. And it would just be, it would be a terrible public relations mistake yeah. to do it. They, they have to, the angels have to, to kind of stay in the race as much as they can and be um, buyers. They need to spend more money and try to get in the playoffs with Otani. Right. And then if they can't, sign him in the off season and you know i think they i think they still could i mean th- th- there's no indication that they're going to be able to re- re-sign him and there's there's probably not a lot of an indication that he i think he'd probably like to stay just because of the uh continuity if he thought still trying to answer this old question if the angels could contend yeah with him. i think that's what he wants i mean he wants his money he wants to make whatever he deserves but he wants to a chance for the playoffs. And uh, I don't think he probably thinks that that's probably not going to happen. But it, like if I was Otani and I came all the way over here from Japan, I wouldn't want to be changing teams. And I mean, it's, it's a, I'd want to try and make it work with the angels first. And if I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. But So there, there's a few things that all wrapped up in this. There's the, there's the one, which is that people are like, well, why don't they trade him and then they could still try to re-sign him? And they that also, never happens. No. And, that never happens. And the best example of that is so when the uh, the Red Sox thought for sure they were going to do that with John Lester. 
We trade him to Oakland, and then they're like, well, we're going to sign him right back. How clever. And Lester always said that until he had been traded, he was he was just going to re-sign with the Red Sox. He didn't want to leave. And he said, once you're traded, you realize it's not that hard to change teams. <laughs> he's like, I thought, oh, my God, I can't imagine. That. And he's like, I was in Oakland. I'd been there for a few days. And I'm like, that what, there was nothing difficult about this. And he's like, well, hell, I can play wherever I want next year. Um, the uh, the other problem they, <laughs> that they have is that they may they're they're prob- they're most likely well, well basically so if they trade him then they they take their s- small chance of keeping him and they make it zero he's gone right. if you trade him and that just makes it that opens up the uh, the door for their you know you talked about he probably doesn't want to have to change teams he doesn't have to change cities or at least metro yeah. areas right. that just opens it even wider for the Dodgers then. Because now there's not even the pull from the Angels, the loyalty pull. Because he's like, well, you guys just traded me. What? I'm not. You didn't show me any loyalty. Why am I showing it to you? I mean, the Dodgers are 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 muddling around with the kind of a half-ass roster, and they're still winning with it because they're the Dodgers for the express purpose of getting under the the threshold they're currently on, and the, or they were they were in last year for the collective bargaining tax or the competitive balance tax. So they can spend a bunch of money this offseason. And if you look at the free agent class, there's only one guy to spend money on. That's Shohei. Mm-hmm. So their whole strategy is to do this to go after Shohei. Um, but then you run into the other thing, which is, like you said, you can't get enough for him. Like we talked about it last year. If you, if you looked at his, uh, his ERA plus and his OPS plus last year, he was Max Scherzer and Giancarlo Stanton. He was both guys. This year, because his offensive year is so off the charts, he's him offensively. He has the right. highest OPS in baseball. And to put it in perspective, the guy who's second is Ronald Acuna, and he's 68 points behind. Right. It's not even particularly close. And then pitching-wise, he's either um, – you're like, well, he hasn't had a great year pitching. He's either National League All-Star Justin Steele or National League All-Star Zach Gallant. If you trade for him, you get that. You get you get a you get a number one starter, and you get the best offensive player in baseball. Um, I kind of yeah. make a, a fun of people who say, uh, you know, well, if my team does this, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be a fan anymore. You know, and we can probably think of examples of either ourselves or our friends or just somebody we see on Twitter making statements like that. Yeah, like when the but, Cubs traded Luis Valbuena, I wrote him off. Sorry. The ultimate betrayal. Poor Luis. Uh, and people don't mean it. you know, yeah. Or, or they, maybe they mean it at the time, but they'll never follow through. You know, they're, they're still fans of that team. You know, and I know it's the Angels, and sometimes it's hard to find Angels fans. Um, but I just, I, I would say a, a significant portion of Angels fans are just going to be, they're, they're never going to go to a game. Yeah. They might not watch a, a game on TV anymore if they – if they trade him just because it's like, he's like, he's the, he's the most, um, he's, he's the most fun player to watch. And at least they have that going for him. And at least if you have him, you can pursue him in free agency and maybe you won't be able to sign him, but at least there's a chance. Yeah. And you yeah, can it, sort of rationalize it. Like, all right, well, as a fan, I know we had him, we didn't have a good enough team. The Dodgers are going to sign him, whatever. Yeah. 
But if you trade him and, like you say, piss away your 1% chance of signing him, you're going to make people not baseball, not Angels fans anymore. I mean, they're going to lose fans. It's going to be terrible. Nobody talks about that, but I, I believe it. No, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, it's Howdy Moreno can't do that if he if he wants to keep the team or sell it. It's gonna it's just gonna create a just a dreadful mood. And as you said, like we said earlier, you're not gonna get enough for him to make it worth it anyway. No, from a strategy standpoint, <laughs> if the if your idea was okay, we we need to maximize um, his value. You would you would have traded him last year. Yeah, it's too late. Right. If you're going to you, do it at all, you would have got closer to. You're not. You would. It's impossible. Like, you can't win a Shohei Otani trade. You can't trade him and get back. You know enough to make up for it. But you would have gotten significantly more at last year's deadline, which is why the yeah. Nationals traded Juan Soto when they traded him. Um, but you made the decision. I think it was the right decision to try to get to the playoffs with him and Mike Trout at least once, and that was supposed to be this year. And, of course, then Trout gets in the hand, breaks the bone. Um, and that's the other thing. people, And I'm one of these people. Um, it's like, how could they have the two best players in baseball all these years and not make the playoffs? Those two have missed a lot of games independent of each other. You know, Shohei basically missed his, this year and a half as a pitcher. Right. Trout, I think, has only played in like 60% of the games the last three years. That's how you miss the playoffs with the two best players. And they it's awful roster construction around them, too. Yes. I think, I don't know if it was Mike Petriello or somebody did an analysis of, well, yeah, I mean, how baseball works is you have these guys who are way up on the, uh, on the curve of great players, and then you have three, four, five guys in the lineup who are – 25% below major league average yeah. replacement level. I mean, that's how, that's how you do it. You know, if you want to do it wrong, yep. you, uh, you have a, a roster that with a bunch of holes in it and no depth. And then you get hurt on top of it. I mean, there's, you know, and, and it's not the, the bulls. It's not Scotty and Michael where, you know, two fifths of the, uh, the starting lineup and then Rodman three fifths are going to the hall of fame. It's, you know, it's two twenty-sixths, two twenty-fifths. You know, there's a lot there. There's a lot that can go wrong with those other twenty roster spots, and uh, you know, the Angels figured out a way to to do that. You know, it's not that like those aren't great players, but that it takes more than that. It's not that simple. That's, that's why Joe Madden advocated for the rule change that in the ninth inning of a game you get to reorder your batting order. Right. That's because that way he could make sure Mike Trout could bat in the ninth inning of every right. of every game. Because, like, you know, who who would take the last shot in a, in a Bulls game? You know, you'd have your, your Michael Jordan or whoever you want to use as a contemporary. That's, uh, I mean, that's an intriguing, if horrible, idea. But, but uh, yeah, it would so make I mean, I, baseball more like the other sports. I think we spent, you know, it's 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 fun to talk about. And it's fun to try to like come up with a package uh, to me it's too bad that the white Sox uh didn't contend at all this year because i i could have come up with a scenario where they could have been a three-team trade for shohei where the cubs and white Sox would have pooled resources together and traded for shohei and shared him and one of them would have got pitcher shohei and one of them would have got hitter shohei and just you know just you know sh- um shuttled him across town as needed 
Because I think Tom I and Jerry that. probably would have gone for that. I like that idea from a, it sounds like something that they, they try in soccer, but also in like <laughs> Doctor Who, where you split a guy literally into two different people. So, very British idea. I like it. It's like, well, um, who gets Shohei today? Right. Well, we're playing at 120, you guys are playing at 7. We can both have him today. The, uh, Cup an Sox interesting... Cup doubleheaders, I like it. Yeah. On the L. Shohei takes the L from... Yeah, in full uniform. Right. He has to wear one of those half uniforms, like when, like in college football, when like a, a mom has a player yeah. on two different teams, like, or like Donna Kelsey, she had one for the Super Bowl with Donna Kelsey. He's got Jared, one. Weaver, Jared and Jeff Weaver's parents. Yeah. So that. Shohei's got to wear one that has a Cub logo on one side and a Sox logo on the other, and the hat split down them. Or he can do the two build hats where he just turns it around. Right. And it's got like the Sherlock Holmes. Thing. He's got his bill in the back too. I see Rogers had a hat like that. Of course he did. That he'd wear to uh, Cubs Sox games. <laughs> Looked like uh, Sherlock Holmes, but baseball. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, you know, and there's other questions I have, like um, the Brewers who have um, kind of taken – they took a big hunk out of uh, – out of Cincinnati, but the, the series right before and right after the um, All Star break. That's like, a, a, are you ever going to trade for a hitter? Just maybe try it. Yeah. Just this once, just for right. fun. Um, you know, they were in ba- basically this position last year. I guess no, they must have been behind the Cardinals. But and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just traded Josh Hader. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, there's people asking if the Mets should trade. Uh, Verlander or Scherzer, and the the problem with that is, um, a that's they're super expensive and old, but b, you, they need them next year too. They need them next year, yeah. So they can't just do that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Diamondbacks and the Giants do. You know the Diamondbacks, who you know got to cruise around in first place for quite a while, and all of a sudden the Dodgers are like, oh. <laughs> you know, get out of the right. way. Uh, but those are two really good teams, and both could use some pieces. The Giants should be sitting on a big pile of cash that they were that they, spend they on gave to and then took away from Carlos Correa. Yeah. So it could be an interesting deadline, or it could be the. We've been disappointed before. A couple of uh, the the writers who, you know, you mentioned Jason Stark or somebody else. It wasn't Stark, but maybe it was Ken Rosenthal. You know, expects chaos. So I don't know if that'll be true. It would make sense on the one hand if teams are feeling competitive and feel like they they're willing to spend money, but it just kind of hasn't been that way. You know, like we said, they everybody's kind of in the race. So there isn't this feel a need to make a huge move to improve yourself if it's going to be costly. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And that was the whole. That's the whole reason. Well, there's two reasons the owners wanted the expanded playoffs. A, they like playoff TV money. Yeah. But B, it was for this very reason. It keeps more teams artificially in the playoff hunt longer, which should, which means A. 
you don't need to fortify your roster as much, and B, you can sell your fans on the idea that, ooh, we've got this huge series coming up. We're still in it. Yeah. Even if, you know, everybody's like, eh, are you? And you got a team like the Cubs, where two of their best players, Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger, are guys that, if you believe Marcus, because he's speaking for Cody now, would both like to stay. But the Cubs aren't showing a lot of interest in keeping either one of them. Um, and so if the idea is, well, we're going well, to trade him at this deadline, then you have to go out in the offseason, you have to find a Marcus Stroman and a Cody Bellinger. And a lot of times, you know, and you, you sort of take a risk that you can or that you pick the right one. You know, sometimes – did Jose Guzman turn – he wasn't – was he – did it just seem like he was bad or was he, you know, when they replaced Greg Maddox with him? No, he's bad. Okay. He had a good so, – his first start was good. His first start. Yes. Okay. So you run the risk of that, you know, picking the wrong free agents. You have a, a bird in the hand here. Stroman apparently wants to stay. You'd think that they would, uh, exp- you know, they don't really have that. Uh, there's like a a willingness, an open willingness to stay. Bellinger, it seems like he wants to hit the market. Is that still true? Um, well, he nobody's really sure. And the other thing is, um, if the Cubs, you want to guarantee he wants to hit the market, don't make him an offer. You know, this whole idea, well, he's got Scott Boris as his agent, and Scott Boris always does this, and Scott Boris always does that. The, the, Scott Boris works for the player. Yeah. And he's not going to not take an offer to the player. If you make him an offer and Cody's like, you know what, I actually like it here. And that seems like pretty good money. He's still, um, it will be interesting in the offseason to see just how much of his value he has restored. Um. Because you know, he was so bad. You know, the drop-off was ugly. And he's had a nice year this year, and he's been a good player for the Cubs. And he's a player the Cubs could use because even if, um, you know, the prospect pervert's like, well, no, center field is Pete Crow Armstrong's, so there's nowhere for Cody to play. It's like, well, he'd when, also be your best right fielder, he'd be your best left fielder, and he'd be your first baseman, your best first baseman. So there's plenty of places for Cody to play. Right. Um, now you just If... If him and Scott are expecting top of the market slugger money, that's not going to be there. But he has restored, you know, he should get a nice. Um, he's got to be looking at a four year, somewhere between 100 and 110 million dollars, I would think. Yeah. I mean, the Cubs are paying Ian Happ 60 million for three years to bat 247 and hit 13 home runs this year. Cody's got to be worth more than that. Um, this... I like the idea of the Cubs uh, being interested in players at the, at the trade market who are sort of in the stage of their careers that uh, Stroman and Bellinger were when they got them, that who um, maybe they can acquire who are on the verge of like a little bit of an uptick. Yeah. Well, that was that's been my whole argument about this is – no matter what they do at that deadline, whether they trade those guys or they trade other, is um, the day they're 
the part of the rebuild, which Jed would never call it a rebuild, that is over is the trading for the 19-year-old in Class A. Right. Like, you need to... You have a lot of holes in next year's roster. You need to be thinking about the 2024 roster with these trades, not the 2028 roster, which at this point, you're not going to be around to build unless you win in 2024. Um, at the same time, they're going to do that. They're going to open. They're going to open two holes if they trade those two guys. That's two more you got to fill next year. Um, and then you ask, well, you got to pick the right guys. I mean, they so two years ago they signed Stroman and that's worked out really well. Last year they signed Jamison Tyon. Yeah, has not. And they paid him. They gave him a deal that's twice as long. And so. I'm sure that's Marcus looks at that and is like, well, you're giving Tyon four years. You know, you're gonna have to give me four. They're the same age. You're gonna have to give me four years, and that was. I think it's that's not why a huge ask for Strowman no, to walk four it's, years. It's not. He's 33 years old. So. Yeah, this is his big, his last chance to. Now Strowman said the thing. He said, "Well, uh, you know, I would be interested to come back even if they trade me." He told the writers that. Um, but we, you know, we've we seen Marcus. We've heard Marcus. We've seen it enough. You know, He almost signed with the Giants instead of the Cubs. And he still will, like, Giants fans will tweet at him, and Marcus will tweet back that uh, he can't wait to play for the Giants someday. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole idea that he's guaranteed to come back to the Cubs next year, it's like, ah, he's probably, you know, you can wave goodbye to him if you trade him. He's not coming back. Right. Um, I also do you know why they got rid of the waiver trades um, I'm trying I'm, I'm, it's slipping my mind I forgot because that was always very few of them ever amounted to much um, right Justin Verlander was you know a huge one but it was always kind of fun, right? To like hear who it would leak out, who got through, who got, who made it through waivers, who didn't get, who didn't make it through waivers. Teams could really screw themselves. Remember the year the Padres claimed Randy Myers, and the Blue Jays yes. went, "Okay, you can have him," and they're like, "Wait a minute, what? No, we just wanted to block him. Say, no, you can have him." Um, you know, the Cubs made the Cubs and, and Mets made one of the great. Here's a bunch of guys we don't want for a bunch of guys you don't want trades in 97, which was Brian McRae, Turk Wendell, Mel Rojas, and <laughs> why can't I think of the other guy? Donnie and I just talked about this. For Lance Johnson, Mark Clark, um, I can't remember. But anyway, it was it was a four for four trade where they basically traded equivalent players, and they're like, "I don't want this guy anymore. We don't want our guy anymore either." And they just traded him. So those were fun. Okay, so you asked, and thankfully the internet's here. Good. I'd forgotten about this, uh, but the the players' union originally proposed it, changing the uh, eliminating the waiver trades, and. This is what Ken Rosenthal wrote, wrote. The idea first promoted by the union is to protect the competitive integrity of the 162-game season, create more certainty for players. I think that is yeah. 
that was the upside that yep. that part right there and force teams to decide earlier whether they are buyers or sellers i guess i think that if the if the union they might have used a couple of those things as selling points to the teams but create more certainty for players so players don't have to worry about it anymore i, I think that's yeah i mean i get it there are it's yeah. pretty nerve-wracking for players who think they might get traded and then the trade deadline comes and goes you didn't get traded and you think okay i made it and then all of a sudden rumors are coming that you you know oh you cleared waivers right or you and they don't like that yeah well it's like i don't care i'm a fan i like the fact that there were more rumors still coming in august right um and that you know if something happened in the last month you could make a a deal yeah yeah, because there I mean, were times actually when... actually deal in the last week. I mean, the 1998 Cubs. Uh, Orlando yeah. Merced was only on the team for like six days, but he had a three-run homer. That was part of the reason that they weaseled their way into the playoffs. He wasn't... Right. He couldn't even... He, they got him in September. Uh, Nephi Perez, who saved a season for the Cubs, <laughs> wandered in in August sometime. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I don't like it. And I'd like to see them come up with a way. To me, I thought when they when they started to talk about getting rid of the um, no more waiver trades, I foolishly thought they would move the trade deadline back. Right. Like split the difference. It used to be July thirty first, and then August. You had till August thirty first to make um, you know waiver deals. So we're going to move the trade deadline to August fifteenth. Well, you remember when the trade deadline was June fifteenth? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so does Rick Sutcliffe? Because he came over. Yes. To, he came over yeah. in eighty four, and there was some. Uh, Dallas had screwed up. Um, something with the he didn't get the other. He didn't get Mel Hall through waivers or something, or whatever yeah. hoop he had to jump through. And so, Sutcliffe is. Um, Rick actually has a really funny story about this. So Suckliffe is on the team but can't pitch until it all gets cleared up. So, like, he's there, but he's not on the roster. He's got a uniform and everything. Right. And um, Suckliffe's story is that um, during that those few days, it was like five or six days where he was in limbo waiting to finally pitch, and the Cubs weren't playing very well, and they had a pitcher's meeting. And Billy Connors is chewing out all the Cub pitchers. And Rick is sitting there thinking, well, shit, he can't yell at me. And he said, all of a sudden, he turns and looks at me and goes, and hey, when the fuck are you going to do something? <laughs> so I was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even avoid getting yelled at, and I, could, I literally couldn't pitch yet. That's almost as good as the uh, Mark Grace story about, about Sutcliffe, which is... Um, there, he's pitching in Riverfront, and every time he, every time the Reds hit a home run, they would shoot off fireworks. Mm-hmm. So Cycler throws a pitch, guy hits a home run, and uh, fireworks go off. Next pitch, another home run, fireworks go off. Pitching coach, I think was Connors, I think like on his second trip through the Cubs, comes out to the mound, yeah. and Sutcliffe is like, what the hell are you doing out here? And he goes, I just want to give that guy time to reload. <laughs> I've heard that before. That's one of the great stories. Yeah. Many of us have herpes. 